This is the Power of Osmosis Podcast, powered by the Vidwheel Creator Network. Hi, everyone. This is the Power of Osmosis video podcast, powered by Vidwheel Creator Network, coming to you today from a bit of a different backdrop and scene. We are in downtown Buffalo at the beautiful Incept Studios. Uh, much thanks again to Incept, the client of Osmosis, Michael Davern. Um, but I'm joined today, most importantly, by an absolute great friend, a mentor, a community champion, uh, a role model to many, an inspiration to many, uh, c- certainly to me. And it's a privilege to be joined here in studio today by Chuck Collard. Chuck, welcome, my friend. Good morning, John. I really appreciate that introduction. Thank yeah. you very much. It's well meant as well. So, you know, today what we're going to be talking about, um, there's a lot of the flavoring of community, of, of volunteerism, of community championing, of giving first, uh, giving without expectation, uh, uplifting others, and of course, servant leadership, all of which things, Chuck, you are totally dialed in on. And I've learned a lot from you in our four or five years of knowing each other, whatever it's been. So it's great to have you in studio to talk about all those different topics, my friend. Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, I think the power of relationships is that it's a win-win. And it's been a pleasure to get to know you over the last several years, and, you know, see your journey and follow your journey and serve as a mentor in some cases uh, to kind of see where you're going. And yeah. and obviously being in a place like this, I mean, we are not in the Oz Cave. <laughs> no. I know that. I haven't seen the Oz Cave, but uh, definitely a shout out to Mike, who I met this morning and yeah. Incept and obviously a great organization that. Um, is given back to many local not-for-profits, which yeah. is really cool. And as you know, I work for a not-for-profit, and I've had not-for-profit experience for the better part of the last 20 years here in Western New York. So I'm excited to be here and, and spend some time with you this morning. Appreciate that, man. And yeah, big shout-outs all around. Um, you know, really, the, the variety, the spice of life is, right, as Tony Robbins says, is the secret to living is giving. And you are a giver, and uh, I'd like to think I am as well. So um, all that said, though, we're here to talk about, again, those things about community, you know, um, in a time where, you know, we're still seeing the pandemic uh, take its toll on so many. Um, we're here to talk about how do we support each other, right, whether it's through a not-for-profit um, or if it's through just friendship and mentorship, um, things that are truly uh, vital to a solid and happy life. So, you know, let's start with your story so that our audience can learn. And I always say our millions of uh, watchers and listeners. Soon uh, to be millions. Soon to be. I like to say it in, <laughs> in, in current tense so that it just continues to perpetuate itself via the law of attraction, of course. So uh, one day we'll get there. But for those that are watching and listening, tell us about who you are, you know, as far back as you want to go, as much as you want to share um, about who you are and why we're here today. Well, I appreciate that, John. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, you know, graduating from college, I kind of had it all figured out. You know, what I was going to do, you know, get married, have kids, and uh, actually relocated to Buffalo after college in 1989, and I, I expected it to be like a four-year gig. Um, and then, you know, life kind of gets in the way, and good things happen. And before you know it, I've been here for over 30 years and blessed to live in the Western New York community and be associated with some unbelievable organizations. One I happen to work for right now, Heritage Christian Services. Mm-hmm. I've been there a little over five years, and, you know, it's put me on the right path to, um, you know, continue to give back and help others. I also had the opportunity um, through some difficult circumstances over 20 years ago um, to be involved with an organization called Carly's Club. It was founded by my daughter, Carly, uh, shortly after she was diagnosed back in uh, 1999. And that is now the pediatric fundraising arm of Roswell Park Cancer Institute. And we're really excited for the opportunity to do give back and help others, you know, make the cancer experience 
a little bit more manageable. You know, as you know, Carly spent well over 300 days in hospitals uh, over a three-year period, unfortunately lost her battle in 2002. Uh, and that really kind of shaped uh, my family from that point forward and, and the importance of giving back and the importance of, of being there for other people and making a difference. And, you know, the opportunity to help other people navigate a very difficult situation has also provided inspiration and, and guidance for me over the last 20-something years. So, and, and honestly, our paths crossed because of that. If it wasn't for that situation, um, which, like I said, was very difficult, uh, you and I probably would have never met. Uh, in all likelihood, I wouldn't still be living in Western New York, but I'm grateful for the opportunity to live here and, and be part of a community that's pretty special. Man, I mean, I'm getting goosebumps over here thinking about it. And, you know, again, I, I, I have these these thoughts that come to mind as we're here in person, uh, you know, kind of in live format. And, you know, again, that that suffering thing that, that you know, you kind of the topic of suffering you touched on, it's, it's so important to have that team around someone or those that are suffering. So, um, you know, what have you taken out of, you know, um, the kind of the navigation, if you will, through tragedy? Like, what are some of the things that you learn both in real time and then now looking back all these years later, you know, what have you taken away from tragedy in terms of your life skills that you think that, you know, others would, would be valued, uh, there, there'd be value for others to hear? To, to hear your story and then maybe start to put that into their life, into perspective. Well, it's interesting. Um, you know, there's really like three assertions that kind of resonate with me. And they actually resonated, you know, well before, you know, a situation happened with uh, with Carly when she was diagnosed with medulloblastoma. You know, it goes back to, you know, the way I was raised. And, you know, even like old football coaches would talk about things like, you know, those three you know important rules that always stuck with me. You know, the first one is, is that life's not always fair and it doesn't always turn out the way you think it's supposed to. And I think the key word, John, is think. You know, we have all these expectations out there. You know, let's face it, um, we are not in control of some things. We are put in difficult situations, you know, whether it's a, uh, a cancer battle, whether it's a, um, a pandemic, you know, there's sometimes things happen and we just have to deal with them. And, you know, if we have expectations that things are going to be rosy, we're going to be disappointed. I mean, that's just the reality of it. So, you know, I think the first one that's always hit me is the fact that life's not always fair. It's not. Um, the second thing is, I think you have to focus in on what you can control, because if you can't control or influence something, you are absolutely wasting your time. Uh, I'm a huge Stephen Covey fan, you know, Seven Habits of Highly Effective of People. Um, you know, that circle of influence, you know, what can you truly impact? And I, I think the one thing that you can impact is, you know, your overall attitude each day. It doesn't matter what happens to you. I think what, what matters is how you choose to respond to it. So, you know, that's another thing that's always kind of hit me. You know. You, when you're faced with a pediatric cancer diagnosis, I can tell you right now, it's one of the worst things that will ever happen to, to a family. Um, it's how you look at it. You know, you have to rely on your circle of support. You have to rely on people that you have never even met. You know, trust the doctors up at Roswell Park who have, you know, just have been phenomenal over the years. And, you know, to make sure that you put yourself in the best possible situation to be successful and make sure your family's in the best possible situation to be successful. That's what you can control, you know, um, just your overall attitude. And I think the third thing, which has always resonated with me, is probably the most important one is, is the gift of giving back. Mm. It's one of our greatest gifts. You know, how can we help somebody else going through a difficult situation? Because when you help them, what happens is when you're able to get them through it and support them, and sometimes it doesn't always have a favorable outcome. I mean, going back to number one, life's not always fair. An 11-year-old shouldn't pass away from cancer. You know, I, I learned that. Um, Powerful lesson, but the gift of giving back, 
and we have the opportunity to give back every single day. And sometimes it's the the small acts of kindness, you know, just being nice to somebody, you know, spending some time, you know, obviously you inviting me in, introduction with Mike earlier, you know, in the 10 minutes I spoke with him, you could feel his passion, you know, and that tells me that Incept has a great employee. So that's kind of cool to see that. So if we truly embrace that, that every single day we can positively impact somebody else, even when they're not going through difficult times, just to be kind and to be nice, always a very powerful thing for me. Mm. So uh, we're only what, 10 minutes into this thing and I'm already blown away, man. I, uh, I'm just so grateful uh, for you being here and your time. But some of the things you said, I'd like to dive further in on. One of the things was, um, you know, recognizing what you cannot control and then, you know, basically coming to terms with it and then moving towards something different. There's something really important there. And there's a word that gets thrown around that I, I like to, to use. And I like to think that I um, embody is energy, right? Is good mm-hmm. energy. So there's, there's times in life where we have to realize that energy allocation needs to then shift, right? So you said, you know, you're going to spend a lot of time and effort on something that you cannot control. So coming to that recognition of it is important, but how do you identify that, right? How is it, does, has it, does it take you like, I guess through, through years of wisdom and life happening to you, you can probably identify them now quicker, but what happens if someone has spent, you know, I don't know, a couple months, a couple years doing something, realizing that they're in, they're in attrition, right? They're spinning their wheels. What, what do you do then? How do you, how do you act with that? You know, it's interesting. Um, you know, you know, I read a lot of books, you know, so Mark Manson, right here too, me too. you know, good author. Who is it? Mark Manson. Mark Manson. Yeah. So, you know, he talks about that we can, you know, we can influence somebody to change. We can help educate them on their change. We can support them through their change, but in the end we can't change them. And, you know, when somebody gets stuck, and we all get stuck, you know, and sometimes when tragedy hits, uh, you get stuck. So I would encourage people when that happens to, you know, rely on their network, their circle of support, their friends, their family, if necessary, a counselor. Uh, I think that's the most important thing that they actually get that support and get that help. For me, um, it hits me quickly, like if I'm in a situation, especially working at Heritage Christian Services. I mean, we're blessed to be able to provide so much support to, you know, hundreds of families, thousands of families, you know, across the Rochester and um, Buffalo regions. Um, you know, a lot of these people have a difficult time accessing those supports. So, you know, we do our best to help them. We do our best to get them down the path. In the end, it's a relationship. It's they have to do their part and we do our part. And that's what's probably the most important thing. And sometimes it just takes somebody listening to help them navigate, you know, where I think people get in uh, in trouble is when they they don't want to open up. You know, the conversation that we're having right now, in many cases, it's important that people have conversations. And many times that will help them understand what's within their control and potentially what they still have to be grateful for. You know, every single day I get up and, you know, I've chatted about this and, um, you know, to, to begin the day with gratitude, 100%. you know, begin the day with gratitude and, you know, be appreciative for what we have. Um, sometimes people go through things that are very difficult and, you know, I'm always a firm believer that better days are ahead. And that's what we just have to help people get through. Yeah, Chuck, yeah, I, I, there's there's like three different things that come to mind as I'm listening to you. And one of them, well, one of them, it's actually four things is you need to get we need to get you on uh, on Ted Ted Talks TEDx. That's your next stop. This is your you heard it here first, folks. This is this is Chuck's tryout tape without him even knowing it to get to Ted, because the reason Ted's important, Ted Talks, TEDx, you know, Buffalo. Um, what that does is it gives a platform to someone who can impact lives. Um, and, and maybe it's millions one day. You've already impacted thousands. I'm certain of that. You've impacted mine. And 
I mean, I'm just listening to them. These are takeaways. These are um, what's this gentleman. I won't do all these shout outs and make it kind of uh, too much here to, to handle, but uh, there's a gentleman who's a neuroscientist who talks about real-time tools, RTT. What you're doing is you're talking about real-time tools, uh, one of which is gratitude. So, um, you, know, in, you know, an instance of being on the golf course. I remember looking to a friend, a mentor of mine, about, you know, here, here I'm doing all this mind work, right? I'm working out, I'm doing all this mind work, yet I'm still feeling like my mental fortitude isn't strong enough. So I confide in him and he says, John, your first thing there is pattern interruption, course correction. How do you do that? Gratitude, right? Playing poorly on the golf course, John. Like, I don't want, he, he tells me, I don't want to, I don't want to, to uh, you know, kind of condescend that or, or to make that not a big deal. But, you know, you're playing golf on the golf course. You have your faculties, you have your extremities, you have friendship, you have all these different things. You have the beauty of nature. And that was powerful for me. That was about two years ago now. And so anytime I feel like I might be going down the wrong path, right to gratitude. And one more thing I'd like to throw to your way, um, a recent feature on one of my shows uh, out of Milwaukee, Andrew Metz, he said, happiness is expectations minus reality. That's some powerful stuff right there, right? So you have these expectations that all most likely are going to be way up there, you know, and reality is here. Let's, let's take that high reaching thing and take it with reality and boom, there's your happiness by being at peace, right? By being at peace with what is in front of you. So that's powerful. Um, <laughs> there's so much that I want to, do from here. But, you know, you mentioned heritage. You mentioned heritage. Why don't we talk more about heritage? Because that is something that has impacted my life and you bringing me in, but more about what you're doing, who you are um, as, a, as an organization and the lives that you're impacting positively. Yeah. yeah like I said a, a short time ago, we're blessed to be able to positively impact and support, you know, thousands of families across, you know, 15 plus counties. And um, probably five and a half years ago, I received a call from a recruiter um, to, you know, talk a little bit about the opportunity and the um, what heritage means for the Western New York community and, of course, in the Finger Lakes. And, um, you know, when I first took the opportunity and I took the job, it was I had to learn the industry. I mean, that's the beauty of it. You, you have the opportunity to learn something new. And I almost equated it back to the time that Carly was diagnosed. You know, over so many years, you spend so much time up on a hospital floor and you never actually... Once you're there, you don't see the illness, you know, and a lot of times you'll see infomercials. St. Jude is famous for this, which I don't really agree with. And, you know, they put somebody that's stage four on the television and really what they're doing is they're tugging at people's heartstrings. And what you say is, oh, praise God, that's not my kid, you know. And, you know, with Roswell, we approach it a little bit differently. But, you know, with Heritage um, over the last five years, I no longer see the disability, which is kind of a cool thing. You know, we support some of very complex needs, nonverbal, nonambulatory. We also support those uh, that are extremely independent. Mm. And it's kind of cool to be able to welcome somebody into the agency and before you know it, they're working somewhere. Before you know it, they're living on their own. Um, you know, we have certified settings and we have non-certified settings. Our fastest growing part of our business is what's called emerging services or customized supports, and it's non-certified. So somebody who is classified with a disability, you know, goes through what we call the front door. And before you know it, we're actually building all these supports or they're building these supports mm -hmm. to ensure that they can reach um, the highest level of independence, to do things that are purposeful and meaningful, you know, reach their, their fullest potential. And it's really cool. So every single day, you know, you come home and you're like, wow, you know, I made a difference. I spent 25 plus years in the for-profit sector yeah, and being on the board at Roswell Park for the better part of 20 years, that was always kind of my not-for-profit feel, the opportunity to give back and you know, do things from a philanthropic perspective. So working for Heritage, I get to do that every single day. So you want to talk about gratitude? Cool. Right there. Yeah. In real time, back to real time, you know. Uh, and so 
jumping around a little bit, but there are other things that I'm tracking here in my old cranium up top in that you, you talked about that, that center of influence or those, those influential people in your life, or I forget exactly the phrasing, I apologize, but like your team, right? Your, mm-hmm. your support system. I want to dive further in on that. I want to talk about with you, you know, how, how have you gone about your life amassing that team? How have you surrounded yourself with like-minded individuals who um, fulfill the needs that you feel are important to you? How have you done that? Well, I think you surround, surround yourself with like-minded people. You surround yourself with people who have a similar interest. You know, and giving back, anybody can give back. It doesn't matter if you have, you know, millions of dollars or you just have time. I mean, it's, you're giving back. One would argue that time is actually better than 100%. Millions, right? 100%. I'll give you an example. We do Please. a lot of work with the, the Buffalo Bills and Buffalo Sabres. And I can give you examples of, you know, over the last 20 years, you know, Rhett Warner was one of our first spokespersons, right. people with, uh, you know, with the Courage of Carly Fund, formerly Carly's Club. And it was really his time. And I remember the first lunch that I had with him. I said to him, you know, I will never ask you for money. And, uh, of course, eventually started donating, you know, but, you know, I, that's one thing I've always prided myself on, you know, so whether it was Rep, you know, Rep Warner or whether it was uh, J.P. Dumont, JP. the time he was here uh, donating a suite to the kids or whether it was Ryan Miller, mm-hmm. who actually was involved with at the time Carly's Club before his cousin Matt was diagnosed with cancer and then ended up passing away from it before they started the Steadfast Foundation. But, mm-hmm. you know, and then on the Buffalo Bills side, I mean, somebody like a Brian Mormon. Right. You know, I remember Brian when he was a rookie. He was actually a rookie with uh, with the Bills, and it was in 2001. And I remember this because the year before Carly had passed away, we actually filmed a commercial. And you know, Brian came in, and you could just tell. You know, here's a a young athlete who's you know just signed on with the with the team, and every single Tuesday on his day off, he's given back. He's coming to the hospital. He's learning more, and eventually he starts his own foundation. And before you know it, you know, him and his wife Amber, they have a son Cooper. And, you know, I believe this athletes or people that get involved earlier, like, uh, you know, or even somebody like yourself, if you do it at an early age, it shapes who you are as a community member, as a a podcaster, (laughs) (laughs) you know, as a a father, as a, you know, a friend. I mean, it gives you skills that you're going to be able to apply. And, And for me, that's one of the rewarding things about it is to see all these athletes that, you know, over the last several years have given back. And, you know, most recently, you know, Eric Wood. I mean, he's a guy that uh, huge inspiration, oh, unbelievable. Just I mean, unbelievable. Man. And you know, kudos to the Bills for, you know, um, for bringing him and, and having him involved in his current role. But kudos to him for what he's doing. He took took a career-ending injury. His career ended several years before it should have, and he did something really, really good with it. And oh, by the way, he's a great dude. You know, him and his family, wonderful people, giving back, and it's exciting to see that it is. And you know, even somebody like. Um, you know, we go every single year uh, with Heritage Christian Services out to training camp and to see somebody like a Sean McDermott coach. come in afterwards, totally, sh- you know, coach, totally should be coach of the year, you know, GM of the year. Because seeing Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott spending time with people from Heritage Christian Services, signing autographs, and probably most importantly, showing a general interest in people. That's what that's what's real. That's what's powerful. The success on the field, that's a result of their identity doing the right thing it's a result it's a result of the process those are, that's the reason they're having favorable outcomes they're surrounding themselves with good people a good system and you know in the end good things happen so it's pretty cool to see 
That's fantastic. Yeah, and shout out, of course, to our Buffalo Bills, Buffalo Sabres, and, and all that they do for our communities. It's just, uh, you know, not just as sports teams, they give us something to enjoy as for entertainment, but also because of their incredible works in the community. Yeah. And you've been a huge part of that. So, again, kudos and gratitude to you for helping that. Bill's you know, Mafia, man. Let's go. <laughs> one of the our, first, one of the first uh, fundraisers they did. Yeah, one of the first run fundraisers they did was uh, for Carly's Club. And I remember that. And once again, we were out at the tailgate, and there was a general interest in, you know, learning more about the organization. And that's really kind of neat to see, you know, people that are involved very early on to help it get to that next level. And, you know, in the end, think about all the people that that organization is helping. You know, and what I always tell people, whether you want to support pediatric cancer through, you know, the Courage of Carly Fund or, you know, uh, the IDD population through Heritage Christian Services or any of the other hundreds of organizations that are, that are out there, take the opportunity to give back. And sometimes it's just maybe volunteering on the weekend. Dropping off a meal for somebody that needs it. Meals on wheels. I mean, I could go on and on. There's so many great organizations. Find something you're passionate about and then just get started. Uh, that's one of the takeaways, I think, that I'd like to just leave. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's Nike. Just do it. There's something else then that um, a concept I wanted to, to share with you and then get your thoughts on, because you had touched on this earlier. You talk about that gratitude and what you see on a daily basis um, in your works and your mission you know, through Heritage Christian Services, which, by the way, I'm a... Big time supporter of thanks to you. And, you know, I'm, I'm working with some of your team right now to, to fire back up our, our spaghetti dinner and, and our fundraiser and all that, the basket auction. So I'm excited for that. Yep. Uh, Sam DeMarc, funny enough, uh, great gal. Sam, big shout out. She's fantastic. And she she just hit my inbox the other day. So we're we're going to we're going to reconnect and I'm excited for that. But you you touch on something though about, you know, how, how you're and you kind of indirectly did. But I picked up on it right away because it's a question that I get a lot. It's like, John, how do you stay inspired? How do you stay motivated? You know, what, what are your sources? What are your fuels? And so I'll kind of start and then I'm going to ask you, but there's a concept out of this. It's inspired to be inspired. And it's this never ending circle, right? That I think it's so important for people to hear and to, to study more of. What does this mean? Right? So I go and I do something, right? I started, I have a transformation or whatever at the time. I didn't know it. I start to share it finally. I'm, you know, social media, LinkedIn, fine. I know you and I have our, our connection wars and see who's got more followers. <laughs> no worries. I'm just being funny. Our, our race, the white, our race. The white flag right now. It's You're in jest. <laughs> it's in jest. It's not actual. Um, but, but it, you know, it, I, I, I don't know. It's something that struck me one day to share some of the things I was experiencing, right? Because of social media, there's a lot of talk about how um, negative and poisonous it can be, venomous, whatever words you want to use, but there's also a beautiful side to it in sharing your story. And so I remember sharing my story about some of what I was doing and, you know, uh, losing some weight and stopping, you know, abstaining from alcohol and some other things. And all of a sudden you start to get this, this feedback and this, John, that's amazing. And all this love, which then for one gives you that energy boost, like, wow, like, you know, people really are seeing this. They, 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 they're, they're inspired themselves. And that's the next point. It's that, you know, you start to see over time, you know, John, seeing your story and what you've been sharing, you're inspiring me. And this actually kind of ties in with David Goggins here, the shirt I'm wearing today, which we talked about. But at the end of the day, you share your story for what it's worth. There's there's no expectation of it. Right. It's just like, here's what I'm doing. Right. And if even if it's just one life that's impacted positively, Chuck, I think that's all that you need. And what I mean by that is, you know, I lost whatever, however many pounds did whatever. And then you start to get messages. I start getting messages over and over. And at this point, they're almost countless. And, and I'm so grateful for it. But people ask, how do you stay motivated? And it's because of that. It's because for one, I want to be the best version of myself. Uh, and I want to keep all this hard work going and keep building on it. But it's also because I know there's others out there that are looking to me for inspiration. You to me, I, I'm inspired by you. So I derive my energies off of you. But there's also then, so you're maybe you're tier one, I'm tier two. 
Then there's a tier three over here that's watching me, right? And then eventually now with this podcast, they might they'll not have access to you. So I'm, at, I'm what I'm wondering in this long kind of sidebar to diatribe is what does the inspire to be inspired and that motivation, energy uh, derivation, what does that mean to you? Well, first, I think it means storytelling, the ability to tell the story. <clears throat> and I'll actually reference, I think the last time pre-pandemic, when you and I got together for lunch, I don't know if you remember that, I but remember, yeah. you, um, you kind of had this idea, you wanted to do something and, you know, you were, you know, you were energized, clearly you were energized and you're trying to figure things out and um, you just started doing things. You started small steps and before you know it, you kind of had a plan in place and, you know, you fast forward and I don't know what, it's 15, 16 months ago or something okay, like that. Yeah. Dude, you've lost, you know, a ton of weight. Um, you're a better golfer than you probably even were back then. <laughs> which is pretty, pretty good. And I appreciate the lessons yeah, and we got lessons a lot my, my boys as well. They really appreciate that as well. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's, you know, you've lived it and, you know, you are somebody else's inspiration. You know, somebody else sees your story and they listen to your podcast. And before you know it, they're saying, wait a minute, I can do that. And sometimes people need that. You know, I, I remember when Carly was first diagnosed, you know, um, walked into the hospital, life forever changed at that particular point. The things I used to think were significant became trivial. The things I used to think were trivial became significant. Mm. I mean, in a nutshell, that's what it was at that particular point. Everything else was almost like kind of paled in comparison. And when you go through something like that, what you need is you need some you need to see somebody else who's is either going through it or more importantly, has gotten through it. Mm. And you know, when you talk about I always talk about continuous learning. You know, that's why Kaizen. Yeah, continuous I, improvement, continuous yeah. learning. Yeah, yeah, and I actually McDermott threw that out at one of the posts. Yeah, which was great. Kaizen. Yeah, yeah, it's one, right. of the, one of the speeches, steps, baby. which go. is cool. Once again, I think that brings more credibility to it. He's real, man. That's a that organization is real, and that's the reason they will win a Super Bowl in the next five years. And you can actually mark that. Let's go. You baby. can mark this. So let's go. Um, I'm so excited. But I, I really think it's that continuous learning. It's you know every day you're kind of redefining yourself and. You know, I'm a big book guy. You know that. I just finished Atomic Habits by James Clear. You tell me that. Yeah. And, um, you know, it talks about, um, you know, tiny changes, remarkable results. It talks about like that 1% improvement. Now, when you and I were having that lunch, you know, many months ago, you couldn't have possibly expected you to be sitting there right now where you're at. You don't drink. You lost weight. You're inspiring other people out there. You know, you're living what you were kind of visualizing back then. Visualization is another yeah. takeaway. Man. And, and think about this. A year from now, because of your efforts, you're going to be even doing more things. You're going to be you'll be at that millionth follower or whatever it is. So, I mean, I think that's the thing that's most important. It's that continuous learning. You know, if you get stuck in that hamster on the wheel, you know, that same thing over and over again. And that's what I like about, you know, the Atomic Habits. It really kind of talks about those four different, you know, stages. You know, you get so there's a cue and then. You know, there's a craving and there's a response and there's a reward. And before you know it, you're getting you're getting you have good habits and you kind of have bad habits. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, that book totally resonated with me because it really talks about, you know, people set goals. Uh, you know, I want to run a marathon. Let's use that as an example. You know, I, you want to run a marathon, not me. I'll just walk. I already run a couple. Of I know. Let's go. <laughs> but, you know, Sorry. if that's your goal, yeah. what happens when you complete that marathon? Then what? You're going to be disappointed. You're keying on this okay. man right here. So, but if you're if you set your your focus in on your identity, where you're going to become a lifelong runner and triathlete, and before you know it, now you have that continuous improvement over and over and over again. So, mm. you know, for me, that like I said, that's something that totally resonates with me. So, going back to what you just shared, I mean, you you are somebody else's inspiration. You you might be somebody else's playbook. There might be somebody watching this who goes, "Geez, you know, I want to do that." 
I want to do my own podcast. I want to, you know, transform my life. And since you were able to live it, John, other people are going to look at that and go, you know what? If John Osberg can do it, I can do it. Powerful. Who inspires you, Chuck? My family. Mm. Um, community. Families who have gone through pediatric cancer. Who Sometimes it doesn't turn out the way it's supposed to, and I can tell you that. But families who just carry on and... You know, Carly, obviously, a huge inspiration. At, um, you know, at 11 years old, she didn't complain. She didn't uh, say, why me? It happened. And, you know, I believe it. if an 11-year-old can do that, then we as adults, we don't have any excuse. You're going to have bad days, man. You're going to, there's gonna, there's a storm out there. You know, I, that's one of the books. Uh, it's not if there's a storm that's going to hit you. It's when. And you know what? You got to prepare yourself for that. And it's going to happen. And... You know, like I said, it's not what happens to you. It's how you respond to it. And and if you have a good circle of support out there, you're going to be able to get through it better. So have a conversation. Family, man, the root of it's the foundation. And and, and just to play off that, thank you. That's that's incredible. I mean, that's moving. And um, it reminds me of a couple mantras that I think could be useful to our listeners and watchers. And I think, you know, I, I'm curious to get your thoughts on too, but the mantra of so what, now what? And I'll give that shout out to Coach Greg Paulus over at Niagara University. There is division one, you know, division one men's basketball team. I remember asking him on a call one time, I said, coach, what do you think about neutral thinking? So now I'm keying in on something here with Trevor Mowad. Um, you're right. So that neutral objective, kind of that, that clear base thinking. And uh, he loved it. He's aware of it, right? Russell Wilson, Mike Trout, all these names, you know, Venus Williams, whatever. But he, he says, you know, we're a little different at, at Niagara with our team. We have this mantra, so what, now what? So what does that mean, right? Drain a three. You know, you're up, you're up, you're up 20. So what now what, you know, you take a foul, your, your key, your key players out for the rest of the game, whatever he fouled out. So what now what, you know, whatever, anything in life. And so he's applied that now he's instilled that in his players, much like I'm sure Sean McDermott does in that trust the process type thing where it's that. So what now what mentality. And that's goes back to then the, the marathon and okay. Yeah. What happens? Cool. I accomplished that. And that goes back to David Goggins, not to keep naming all these names, but it's important. Hopefully our listeners and watchers might key in on that, and I'll make sure I put it in the show notes. But Goggins, there's no finish line. There's never a finish line in life. There isn't. And that's how you continue that continuous learning, which allows you to maximize your potential, or as I like to say, my favorite phrase is self-actualize. So thank you for sharing who inspires you. And, um, you know, the, how about you? What, what do you have? What are what are what's what's stewing around in your cranium right now? Do you have questions for me? Do you have points you want to bring out? I'm, you know, I want to I want to throw it back to you. I've, I've been asking you things on the flyer, and, and you're someone who can absolutely kind of hang you well, hang you you'll outrun me in terms of conversation. So what's it what's the top of mind for you right now? Not literally, I will not outrun. Figure, <laughs> yeah, well, you'll you'll I'll push up me. That's for sure. You know, what's I, that top of mind for you right now? Well, first of all, I appreciate the opportunity to chat with you. Um, appreciate you. You know, when we uh, when we think back on, you know, like that lunch and, and even the first time we met, you know, you could just tell somebody that's inspired, somebody that's energized, somebody that wants to learn. I mean, that's probably the coolest thing. You know, when people want to learn and they want to get better and they want to help others, I mean, sign me up, you know, all day when it comes to stuff like that. You know, I for me, it's about learning and improving. Mm-hmm. That's it. And, you know, even with Heritage Christian Services, we invest a lot of time on creating a culture uh, that's based on learning and improving. And, you know, we we will continue to do that. Um, You know, in a lot of industries, there's when something goes wrong, let's say, what's the first tendency when something goes wrong? What do you think it is? What's the first thing that 
when something goes wrong, you know, let's say there's an accident or whatever, what is the first thing that somebody tries to do? They want, they want help, hopefully. I mean, emotions, well, emotions kick in. Yeah, they want to help, but in some sense, there's always people want to make sense of why that happened. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah. Sorry. So it's almost Appreciate like, that. you know, there's almost this, um, you know, this why blame me? and why shame. Me? Yeah, it's almost like uh, they want to assign cause because we as humans want to, you know, we feel better if we can say the reason that there was a car accident is because of X. And, you know, right. one of the things we spend a lot of time with Heritage Christian Services is, is understanding the system the system that we operate in. And we actually worked with a group out of, uh, I want to say Minnesota. Um, I should probably, oh no, they're actually, I want to say in Tennessee, collaborative safety. And these guys came in, uh, Scott and Noel, these were, I mean, they, they came in and they actually did a lot of work in understanding, you know, when a, when a tragedy happened or a crisis happened. They spent some time with the airline industry and um, in human services and did some forensic work and all this other stuff. And what they really, started to understand is that generally people want to do a good job. I mean, I think everybody gets up at the in the morning and they want to do a good job. They don't want to go to work and cause some type of, you know, accident or be involved in something like that. You know, when people get in an accident, it's not because they say, I'm going to get in an accident. It's because they're probably distracted or somebody uh, made a mistake and it, and it happens. And for me, it's about learning and improving every single day. And that's the reason I appreciate the opportunity to, you know, listen to a lot of Audible books. You know, even James Clear will talk about with Atomic Habits. He talks about a um, habit stacking, which is kind of cool yeah. for me. So here's what I do. That's so right, I got this down. I got it down. Can't wait. So every single day I try to get up at the same time. Right? And you were in my head because yeah. I was going to ask you, what's a day like in the life I of Chuck I try Chuck to Collins? get up at the same time because um, if I get up at the same time, I know I can kind of plan my day. And then, you know, by, you know, 7, 38 o'clock, you know, when I'm starting to head to work, I, I've already accomplished a lot. So my habit stacking is this. I'll listen to an audible while drinking my coffee, while being on the treadmill. So I, I feel man, like, you do a treadmill and coffee? Yeah, exactly. Come on, so man. I, I feel like, it's it, crazy. and if I can do that within, you know, a certain period of time, then I feel like those are three things that I can, you know, kind of check off my list. And um, so that's, you know. Do the hard things first, Chuck. Yeah, oh, absolutely. That's well, the mindset. That's the mantra. Yeah, well, even sometimes, and let's face it, when somebody's going through a difficult situation, and, you know, I know your listeners are out, a lot of your listeners are out there right now, may or, are going through something that's difficult. You know, sometimes the most important thing is just getting out of bed, just getting out of bed, one foot in front of the other, um, and then have the thought that, you know, good things are ahead. Ten toes to the ground. Let's go. Yeah. So, you know, it's when you get stuck in that kind of, you know, that fetal position on the couch and it happens, you know, I mean, it happens. We work with a lot of families who, you know, there's always that kind of that tendency to blame or, oh my God, how come this happened to my child? And what if we would have done this? If you said what if you ever say what if or should have or could have, that's the past, man. Mm. I mean, that is the past. You got to look at the here and now. What can I do right now to better my situation or better support my family or better support my community or the organization that I work for? Mm. And if that's what we embrace every single day, then we're not stuck in the past. Mm. We're not reliving the oh, what if this? If I would have only done that, you know, when I hear that, you know, that's counterfactual. You already know the outcome. You good. already know the outcome. So why put yourself in that space? And you know what? If you want to go there for a minute, that's cool. Reflect. Sure. Yeah. Okay. But you learn know, from the yeah. past in a way, right? Yeah. So what, Chuck, what, what is, 
you know, you mentioned systems, right? Programs and systems. It's something I'm talking about. It's a concept that Les Brown, who's a motivational speaker, life coach guy, been around for a while. Fantastic. Um, he talks about programs, right? So, uh, or even an Eric Thomas talks about, hey, you have the latest phone, the latest shoes, latest everything, but what are you doing to upgrade you? You know, what are you doing to upgrade this, right? Think of your mind as like a, as a computer. And what are we doing to download files and systems so that when that car accident does happen, Chuck, okay, immediately. And eventually, you know, or it may not be immediate in terms of your ability to then pick a program out of your mind and then deploy it. But eventually over time with practice, like anything, right, you can then have that kind of be second nature. So the question I wanted to get back to, systems and programs are what? Foundational, in my opinion, foundational to life. So what, what's the foundational life to you? I mean, you talked about gratitude. You talked about family. You talked about your routine. But like, is, are there any other pieces in there that, that make up that foundation? Well, I think it's balance. You absolutely have to find balance. And, you know, you talk about, um, you know, not to sound cliched, but, you know, mind, body and soul. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have to have a spiritual component, a physical component and an emotional component. And if you can find the balance in each one of those areas, then I think you'll be successful. You know, there's a big, you know, all the conscious versus the unconscious and all this. How are we wired and stuff like that? Do I think people can change? I absolutely. I think people can change. I think every single day we have the opportunity to get, you know, marginally better. And if we invest today, if we fast forward a year from now, there's going to be significant improvement and advancement. Sometimes we get stuck into, I want to see the immediate results, that overnight success. Instant gratification. Yeah, too. the overnight success. No. Oh, I can't be so lucky. Uh, I hear that all the time. People are, you know, that person's so lucky. And, you know, how could this happen? Well, they put in the work, you know, and even like um, you turned me on to Trevor Moad's book, It Takes What It Takes. And my favorite chapter is when he talks about stop saying stupid stuff out loud. He phrases, say, a little, yeah. he, he phrases a little For bit. For the podcast, we've gotten But it's really kind of cool because, you know, he did some work with Alabama and the, and the team. And, you know, let's face, yeah, let's face it. When you go to Alabama, everybody there is like a superstar on their high school team. And all of a sudden you put them in a situation and what tools and resources can you give them to improve and to ensure that you have a team concept. And, you know, he spends a lot of time on self-talk. Uh, and a lot of the books that I, you know, I, I read recently talk a little bit about that constant dialogue that we have with ourselves. I mean, we are our biggest critics. 100%. We really are. You know, we, you know, we're like judge and jury. You know, oh, how could we do that? You know, if we clean up our self-talk and we live in a space that's, you know, neutral. neutral. You know, people talk about positivity. Sometimes it's hard to be positive. Put that shifter in a neutral, right? <laughs> it's hard to be it positive. Is. You know, it is. You just got divorced. You just lost a child. It's like, it's like Trevor says in the book, yeah. you know, like, no, like, I don't want to be positive. Yeah. Don't call. Just let's look at the facts. Stay in the middle, right? Mm -hmm. Just stay even keel. Stay baseline. And that's actually a great, so I don't mean to overspeak you, but no. there's something that, that you're coloring for me that I now am thinking about as, as the interviewer, as the host, right? That I think is important. It's, it's respond, don't react, right? And, and, and so what's a response? Response is objective. Response mm -hmm. is baseline. Response involves reflection and introspection. Right. A reaction now is emotional. It's subjective. It's non-baseline. Those things there in a world where there's so much to react to, whether you're getting pinged a thousand times in your emails from all these people trying to sell companies, trying to sell you stuff. If you have the news on, which that's a whole nother podcast <laughs> for us. If the news is on, which is rooted in negativity, most often, you know, there's all these voices and all these things happening to us. And, um, you know, you see it every day. And the one thing, Chuck, I, as I say that, but then I come back for a second is. One thing that I really appreciate about you, and there's so many things, but is that you don't speak in generalities and you are incredibly intentional with your words. 
And that's important because then it, what does it tie back to? Don't say stupid, S-H, whatever, out loud, Trevor Moloch. Because it's important because our mind listens to our mouth. Sorry, mind listens to our mouth. So you're on the golf course. How many times do you hear this? There's trouble down the left. You got trees. You got OB, out of bounds. I'm there, man. Oh. There you go. There you go. So it's, I'm going to, oh, man, watch me put it in these trees. Well, now you've just increased per Trevor Moa and the study he did. I want to say it was with Stanford. Um, uh, Christine, is it Dr. Christine Porath? They, they link that when you say something out loud, it's seven to ten times more powerful, right? So keep it in your head. Audience, keep it in your head. You're, you're over that putt. It's downhill. I'm just using golf right now because we talked about it earlier. Don't tell yourself you're going to miss it, you know? Just, vis- just just stay neutral even. But if you if you want to go one step further, and I, this is an on-air or whatever, real-time tip. You ready for this? Mm-hmm. So in golf, right? Golf is congruent to life, right? There's ups, there's downs, there's things you just can't, you know, that you can't predict that you have to be able to deal with. And it's that response, not react. So here's this, ready? So um, how, about, how about when you're putting, right? Whatever. From last year, you can remember back to a time you drained a 20-footer. So every time you get up to a putt, even if it's not exactly a 20-footer, you should have a highlight reel right here, Chuck. A highlight reel there, first thing, is watching that over and over, going in the hole. It's powerful. The mind is powerful. Thoughts become things. Bruce Lee. And so for me, it's like I try to coach the people that I work with or just friends or family or anyone, like you said, strangers. The world is so rushed. So it's like take that time to talk to someone, tell them that they matter. And so the point is, back to what I'm saying as I tangent, is visualize to the best of your ability on a golf course, visualize good, you know, visualize even, and again, again, neutral is one thing, but if you're putting, you want to make that putt, let's go to positive. Let's go to that putt that you drained 20 feet or whatever it might've been and loosen yourself up. I want to hear your thoughts now, as I really quickly segment over to, you know, breathing, meditation. Do you do do that? And if you do, what's that like in your life? Even if it's just intentional breathing. I actually started that. You're kidding me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, train your mind I, like a month ago. Come on. Yeah. Man. How you feeling? I feel good. I yeah. mean, I absolutely feel good. It's, um, you know, what I learned from one of the, uh, the books is that, you know, there's no bad meditator. You know, can you do it for two minutes? And um, so, yeah, I actually started doing that. I mean, there's. Um, That's too cool. And I think that, you know, the one of the books, uh, last name is Bailey. I can't remember his first name, but it talks about that if you invest the time early on to clear your mind. Uh, whether it's five minutes or 10 minutes, there's a study that suggests that for every minute that you meditate, you'll get X amount of minutes back in your day because you're not distracted, you know, and some, and it's interesting. You're kidding me. Yeah. Off air, you got to, if you can remember where that's from, I'd love to get that. Yeah, I, I absolutely study will. I'll send it to you after, after this. Appreciate but, uh, that. You know, it's, it's almost like it talks about, you know, training your mind and, you know, clearing your mind, if you will. And, um, you know, the other thing that I, I think is important is that we have to expect good things are going to happen. When we have that mindset that good things are going to happen, uh, abundance, whatever you want to call it, then you know what? Good things happen. They do. You know, before you know it, uh, there's a blessing around the corner or somebody, you know, you meet somebody new and, you know, too often we're so distracted. I mean, I've turned off my notifications on my phone. I turn off my note, not just now, but I purposely, like during certain time periods, I turn off my notifications. Because as you indicated before, there's some really good stuff out there with technology, but there's also a lot of distracting stuff. And yeah, the news, it's tough to watch sometimes. It's tough to watch. And you know what? We've gone through a tough year and we're better. I I want to say we're stronger. You know, we've experienced that. A lot of people have proven that they can do it and they've learned a lot about themselves. I mean, it's tough. There's no doubt about it. It's been tough with Heritage Christian Services. We had to keep the virus out of, you know, 
you know, many of our homes and we're in a, a, a situation now where we're limited on staff. So if anybody's listening out there looking for an opportunity with an unbelievable organization, I would <laughs> encourage them to look up Heritage Christian Services Careers. And um, we'll have the if, link in the show notes. Yeah, I mean, that's just it's important to be able to try to connect, you know, people in the community with, you know, needs within organizations. And, you know, we're in a situation right now where the pandemic has been very difficult. And, you know, we're trying to get additional staff in uh, to ensure we can provide the highest level of supports. And, you know, that's something we're absolutely focused in on right now. But I truly believe that if you think good things are going to happen and you expect that things are going to happen, you'll find that good things do happen. So well said. And, and it's like every time a, a, a theme comes out or a topic comes out, it's like just something that comes top of mind for me. As a quick sidebar, there's a takeaway here is listen to learn, not to respond. So it's like that's, that's a cubby. That's right. Seek first to understand and it, then be understood. Yeah. Two ears, one mouth. Yeah. Nelson Mandela says practice being the last person, practice being the person to speak last. Mm-hmm. And some of we've talked about in the past. And um, but, you know, where I was going with that and now I've kind of lost my train of thought because as I weave in all these things, uh, I get I get sidetracked, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's like, yeah, like I literally lost my thought. By the way, it's, it's all just good. Not, I just lost. It'll it. come back. If you'd have meditated this morning, you probably would. Well, you probably, right, so would, you, you'd probably be right there. You brought it back, so I did. So I did. But I, thank you. You reminded me, and I appreciate that. And my my apologies to our listeners, but th- th- that's important, though. It's again, it goes back to do the hard things first, right? Because think about it. You want to work out for the day. When's it going to be your highest likelihood? You wake up and you're freshest. Right. When you go through eight, nine, 10 hours of I don't call it trauma, depending on the, the type of work you do, maybe it is traumatic. But if you go through tough times or just you're just busy and stressed and you think you're more likely to work out at five, six o'clock at night away and then you find that excuse and then you perpetuate the problem. So it, breathing is a part of the movement thing. You know, if anyone's watching and listening, noticing this is my third bottle of water as we're sitting here, it's tongue, you know, H2, it's just the basic, simple things in life that I think we may sometimes lose sight of, lose track of. So the breathing thing, no, I wanted to key in on that briefly because I did do breathing, by the way. And there are things that are, again, real-time tools, RTTs, um, that you can do even if you don't, you know, meditation for one, to my knowledge, it's not about having zero thoughts. It's about recognizing the thoughts coming in and letting them then pass through your mind. So you visualize that thought is coming, all of a sudden, boom, it's in your head. Let it leave, watch it leave. And, and just, and just, and then that rhythmic intentional breathing that is so, it's so conducive to good physical and mental health. Um, and I'll tell you, when you said the, you know, the ability to be clear and focus, breathing is one of the great ways to, to get to a point where you can say that you are focused, you are dialed in because in a daily, on a daily basis, Chuck, you see it, you are the most, one of the most prominent examples. You have a lot of people after you. You have a lot of needs to fulfill. You have a lot of people to look after and, and manage and support. You know, if you're not the be- to the best of your, you know, capabilities and, and mind and body, spirit, mind, body, spirit, as you said, then they're not going to get the leader that they deserve and need. These people, these these, you know, the folks in your homes and your in your day habs and and your and your team and the people you manage, your family. So the takeaway here is, and it's so important, it's just do the simple things, right? It's like more water, more sleep, maybe try to cut out some of the processed foods or, or some of the stuff that you're reading that might be, you know, damaging your body or your mind. It's, and not everyone has access to that. So as I say that though, it's like, well, you have to have access to non-processed foods and cleaner foods. And that's, that's that, that, that tough topic of like, how do we then deploy advice and guidance to those that may not have the ability to have some of the resources I'm talking about. So anyway, that's for another time, but to bring it back into certain, into, into, into focus, you know, this has been incredible, man. This is literally, I mean, you yourself should have a podcast. 
podcast show. Just that way. I know you don't have the time. Maybe one day. No, I'm just. Uh, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna just kind of wade in here. I'm gonna let you do that. You're much better than I am. And you know, the other thing is. Yeah, um, please. You know, when you were talking, you were talking a lot about emotional intelligence, and um, you know, there's some wicked smart people out there. Yeah. Uh, that sometimes, you know, if a crisis happens, you know what happens? They they become the crisis. You know, it's almost like they kind of perpetuate things. And I've always been impressed by people that, you know, in the midst of difficult situations are able to be self-aware and, you know, social aware and be able to regulate kind of their emotions. And, you know, I think you hit kind of the nail on the head is when you, you know, the, the way you conduct yourself will help other people conduct themselves. And, you know, I'm blessed to be able to have an unbelievable team that I work for. And, you know, they're... <laughs> way smarter than I am. I mean, I just have to kind of get out of their way and, you know, help, you know, paint the vision and the picture and, um, you know, kind of drive that strategy. Um, they're exceptional at what they do, mm. the ability, and they care. And that's one of the, the blessings is to be able to work with an organization that truly cares and wants to give back. You know, like I said, sign me up all day for that. I mean, it's really cool to be able to be in a situation where you see this every single day and, and you see people where they're, professional goals align with their personal goals. And before you know it, I mean, that's a win-win right there. I mean, that is really, really cool. And they, you hear those things, if you find something that you love to do, it's not really a job. And I'm not sure I ever believed that, but you know, for the last five years, I've kind of lived it. So what do you think about it now then? I think it's great. I mean, the ability- In terms of that concept though, right? Oh, you yeah. actually never believe, but you yeah. think you've been oh, living it for five years. Absolutely. So. You know, that was kind of my self-talk that I, I'd already had a bias built in that, oh, that's, that can't be true. Well, it is true. I mean, it absolutely is true. And if, you know, if there's somebody out there that's not happy with what you're doing right now, I would encourage you to look for something else. Maybe that's a little bit more rewarding and, um, and go do it. I mean, Impact take that and legacy, Chuck. Impact and legacy, yeah. my brother. Something that I learned from you and you're leaving it. And my father, even too, I mean, my family, uh, my friends, but impact and legacy, man, you, you folk, you put those at the forefront, Chuck, the rest takes care of it. The rest takes care of itself. And it's so true. It's so true. And, and that's where then that awareness and the, the, the uh, patience is another word, right? Patience is such an important piece to this because, you know, I worked in, you know, I'm just using myself as an example. I, I worked, you know, from 21 to whatever, 28, 29 in different jobs and they were fulfilling and they got me to where I needed to be. I had the right connections and experiences and skills built. Um, but for those eight years, I was planting seeds, man. I was doing the right thing. I was giving without expectation of reciprocity, doing the right thing, helping people, helping companies, overextending myself at times, which I know is something you've done in the past, maybe not as much anymore. And you've taught me on why you shouldn't do that. And it goes back to the thing we talked about earlier. You getting up every day at the same time, you doing your breathing, your workouts and getting the things you need to take care of, getting yourself ready for the day. They're now going to have access to that leader, that father, that that supporter, that manager that they that they so rightfully deserve. So I'll tell you, man, it's it's crazy looking back to see kind of it happening in real life, as you've said, right? You know, 16 months, whatever it's been. I mean, to think that I'd be here, maybe deep down I knew, or even we'd be here. Sorry, not to just me. It's not, it's not me, it's we, it's we, right? And um, to think we'd be here. <laughs> you know, 2017, I, I took the liberty of, of reaching out to you and being pretty adamant about following up with you and and uh, after seeing you at a leadership buffalo us uh, you know your speech and we, we super persistent my we man. <laughs> we settled that that a couple of years ago about saying that you know that you followed up with me but never did and 
but it's because you're busy and you were mindful of it. I'm not trying to call you out on air. Well, you totally just did, but that's okay. I didn't, but I didn't mean it like that. Makes me better, John. Well, it's that continuous. Oh, you already knew it. I don't need it to. It's old news, but it's funny in a way to 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 talk about it to put it out there because you know that's it, right? Like I liken it to watching someone how they walk, and this is not a, a you know broad strokes method, but. You can tell a lot, first of all, body language, but also just how you see someone walking. And again, it's not a universal thing here. So audience, please don't think I'm saying you can walk, watch a person walking and know what they're like. But there are people that you can watch their stride, their gait. You, they're on a mission, right? Mm-hmm. I'm on a mission. You're on a mission. We have purpose. We're driving. We're, we're moving ourselves, whether in a vehicle, walking, whatever it is, to that next destination, to that next appointment, whatever, because we are on a mission. We are on a mission to fulfill our duties, impact, legacy, and self-actualization. So all that said, you know, we're coming up on time here. What uh, what takeaways? A book that you might recommend? You dropped a ton of them. Uh, is, there, is there one in there that you haven't already talked about that you'd recommend? Tips, tricks, anything as we, we adjourn? Well, probably one of my favorite books of all time is a book called More Beautiful Than Before. And it, it, it's written by a rabbi, Steve Ledger, I think is his name. Um, and it talks about um, how pain and suffering transforms us. And I know we're not allowed to swear on the podcast, but it says, you know, don't go to hell and come back empty handed. And in the, in the first chapter, it talks about, um, you know, when you must, you can, you know, think about that when you must, you can, you know, we are all confronted with situations and some of the situations are going to be very difficult and um, they're going to test you in every single way. Um, But when you must, you can. And that's something that's always kind of resonated with me is that, uh, you know, if you can help people through things, if you can give back. And sometimes, like I said, maybe it's a phone call, a quick text message, um, just reaching out to help somebody through a difficult time. That's pretty cool. Amazing. Amazing. I don't want to steal that, but it's just, it really is. It goes back, steal the thunder or the, the remarks, but to be additive, of course, you just don't know what that little gesture, that text, that voicemail, that someone I've talked about, someone doesn't answer. You know, the, the, the thing is, you know, you hang up, you leave, you, maybe yeah. you send a text, you just wait for them to call you back. You've done it to me, you know, where you left me a really kind, intentional voicemail. And, you know, you don't know what I'm going through in that day. You don't see what I'm feeling. So for me to be able to then hear your voice from five hours ago and hear your energy and your excitement, I can tell you're smiling. You're in the car driving to your next appointment. On Bluetooth. On Bluetooth. On Bluetooth. Thank you for noting that. (laughs) Not doing anything illegal, but that's important. So amazing, amazing takeaway, amazing finish. How do we find you? How do we find you? How do we find Heritage? Well, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, yeah, but you, you don't are. really want to find me. You probably want to find Heritage. So heritagechristianservices.org. Okay. Uh, we'll put that in the show notes. I appreciate that. Also, Courage of Carly Fund um, up at Roswell Park. You know, we appreciate the support. And, you know, a lot of our events are different this year because they're more virtual. But, you know, anybody that's out there that's interested in giving back, um, whether it's those two organizations, which obviously there's a deep connection with me and my family for both those organizations. But, you know, I would just encourage all your listeners to, you know, take the time to give back and, you know, if you're listening today and you can spend a spare five minutes, reach out to somebody you haven't talked to in a while mm. just to say, hey, thinking of you, uh, maybe share some insight as to how him or her impacted your life over the years and just say thank you. That's amazing. That's amazing. And hey, shout out to John Tigo, too, who's been a huge driver and supporter of Courage of Carly. Yeah, I appreciate John. He's an incredible John team. actually helped us with Pyramid find our new regional office For Heritage. And, did, and did a great job. Good great time. job. So it's again, it goes back to it's not me, it's we. Uh, which is which is uh, congruent to osmosis. So uh, huge thanks to you, my brother. This has been uh, uh, not only a fascinating, but fulfilling, engaging, and 
energizing conversation. Um, and I'm excited to get this thing ready to rock and get it out to the world for consumption. So you're the man. Well, I appreciate, appreciate you. Yeah. And, and on that topic of gratitude, right? So gratitude to, again, to INSEP, to 599 Delaware here where we're at, downtown Buffalo, to Mike Davern, um, you know, who got us hooked up here with everything we needed. Also, of course, to Vidwheel Creator Network. Um, all their uh, support over the last six, seven months of osmosis has been nothing short of amazing. And uh, give them a look, Vidwheel Creator Network. So much gratitude here. Uh, a lot of notes to fulfill uh, in our show notes. A lot of good takeaways and um, excited for what will be another podcast one day. We'll follow up this uh, to another time. But thanks again, my brother, for being here. My pleasure. Looking forward to the next time. Yeah, it'd be good. Thanks, everyone. Take care.